The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Let's go, baby. Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, September 8th, 2022, season 18, episode number 26. Welcome to the latest edition of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star, presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We're getting closer to game day. Actually, the NFL season kicks off tonight. Big game between the Rams and the Bills. Uh, but we're going to keep you guys getting uh, ready for Cowboys versus Bucks. That happens this Sunday night on Sunday Night Football. Uh, we're today going to zero in on the uh, Tampa defense versus the Cowboys offense. Got a lot of things to talk about there. Lots of interesting matchups. Lots of things to look at that happened last year that may not be able to happen this year because different players are around. But we'll talk about all that when we get into it. I wanted to start first, though, with Mike McCarthy's press conference. He did say uh, he was asked specifically about Tyler Smith and how he's looked so far. Why are you laughing, Nick? Because he wasn't asked specifically about Tyler Smith. Yeah, he, he was wasn't. asked about Tyron Smith, yeah. and then he answered it, and then it caused it like My guy Clarence. three yeah. minutes it's of a rough like, day. Yeah. Rough day. He got got the name wrong. It can, it can happen. It Tyler can Smith, happen, Tyron yeah. Smith, it no. is what it is. He was asked but about Tyler. Tyler. What, what's up with Tyler? What is he saying about like you know where he, he thinks he is? Of course, you know this isn't good for our show, but he says that he'll 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 – find out even more about him after this practice on Thursday because he said it'll be the best practice within this two-week period since he's really kind of had to take over. It'll be longer. It'll be uh, with pads. Uh, they'll get to see a better look and also probably get to see kind of go up against what Dan Quinn and that defense is trying to do, yeah. you know, uh, even more. So, I, But, yeah, he said all the, all the right things on that. If I was Mike McCarthy and the staff, I would make it a point to put whoever's running scout team across from him Maybe it's a, a Fowler or some a veteran player. I, I would just ask, you know, if I'm Quinn I'm, I, or I'm McCarthy, Quinn, those guys, I get together and I say, listen, I need somebody that's going to test him every single rep. I need somebody that's going to play with quickness. I need someone that's going to play with a little snap to him. You know, with the full pads and stuff, this will be a good opportunity to, you know, have somebody attack that outside shoulder. Have somebody try and carry him back inside. See where they're at with that ankle is another thing. You know, I mean, they, that was something that left ankle was a little bit of a, a problem for him in the last couple of weeks. I would do everything in my power not to just put somebody over there that's just going to go through the motions of practicing. I would I would make it a, a, a real test for him with a veteran player just so that he gets a little bit of a feel in those full pads of what maybe is going to happen to him this week. And this is the one opportunity I think you can do that. And, uh, you know, if, if I was on the staff, boy, I would surely, surely recommend that. This might be a dumb question, but going with what you said, if they were to do that and kind yeah. of like extremely ramp things up for him sure. level-wise, I mean, yeah. is there – would there be even a concern given the game is like very close and very soon, like you – to wear, not wear the player out, but kind of tire him out before I think, game day. Yeah, I think to me it, it's more about – it's more about testing him and not – you want him to feel comfortable. But say he goes out and he does have some success. Say Fowler's rushing him. And, and it doesn't have to be – you know, it, it's going to be a full-speed thing for like three steps. You know, or 
try try and do things to him that maybe he's going to get from Tampa Bay, from Golston or Tryon or whoever's going to rush him from that outside. Uh, uh, Barrett, any one of those guys that's going to come off that edge for him and kind of, you know, and maybe even in the running game, give him that little bit of like trying to cut the guy off and be quick and all that. I, I think he, he's young, but I want to test him a little bit. I want to I want to see maybe what are some of the faults. If there's some things he struggles with today, maybe it's something you can correct tomorrow. You put it on tape mm-hmm. and you say, all right, hey, listen, when you get this particular wide rush, now think about this. I know you've been watching Tampa tape. What have you been seeing from the Tampa guys? They 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 like to rush this way. You know, maybe give him some of those examples, some of those looks. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that he – it's like a surprise when he gets out there. You know, it's kind of like you're preparing for the test. It's stressful, but once you do it, you figure out that, oh, this is this is everything I studied. You know, The good thing about this defensive line is that we saw this in the preseason. Nobody on the line doesn't have a test because everybody – I mean, who, who would be a guy that, that wouldn't push them? You know what I mean? Like even their second and third team right. mm-hmm. rushers and yeah. defensive tackles are guys that are pretty good. And that's why they kept so many of them. And I mean, we saw that in, in the preseason, first two two quarters. It was like they still got good players out there because that's all they have. I mean, yeah. maybe you know, it, it, you're absolutely right. I, th- I think that who are the guys that are going to be on your scout team? Is Sam Williams on that scout team? You know, foul. I mean, you've got a bunch of guys that you can roll at this offensive line, and maybe it's not even a you know the Back biggest them. concern. The biggest concern I think for everybody uh, in Cowboy Nation is what's going to happen at left tackle. You know, nobody's thinking about, well, McGovern was okay last year, but mm-hmm. he got replaced. Nobody's thinking about that. We're all we're all focusing on the questions from the media today were, well, tell us about Tyler Smith. Tell what well, Dak has to play with a rookie left tackle. Tell us, you know, that's that's the focus. But you're right to your point, you know, let's be oddish. All these guys can get worked in this practice, and you can kind of get a little bit of a gauge. But if you're going to focus on one guy, to me, I'm I'm going to see how Tyler Smith responds today. Let's, because I'll, I'll use that tape to correct him for tomorrow's practice. So let's look at it from this standpoint. I, one of the other things that, that Mike McCarthy said about that topic or about Tyler Smith was uh, he's just got to settle in and play, get in a rhythm. The first thing that pops to my mind when he says that is I would think – Getting in a rhythm for an offensive lineman is most is easiest when you're running the ball than it is when you're when you're pass blocking. Do you guys agree with that? And do you think that maybe that is a reason why Dallas should be focused a little more on the run this game, certainly than they were last year when they played Tampa? But do you think that that's maybe the way they have to look at this? Is they want to give those guys an opportunity? This offensive line that has not had a chance to play together to this point, uh, a, a little bit of time to gel and get into a rhythm, and maybe running does that. I see that look, Nick. So you, I'm thinking. I mean, because yeah. there's so many ways to go with this, and, and you have to even flip to the other side of the ball. Are they afraid of Tom Brady? Are they afraid? Are they? Is this a game that they want to try to, you know, milk yeah. the clock? I I wouldn't be that way. I mean, I wouldn't think that way. I think that they've got to just try to move the sticks. And I know that sounds very vague, but I think that's kind of what they. If you're a balanced team, I think you're going to be better. 
last year they put up all these yards. They threw the ball. They didn't want to go. They didn't want to run inside, but they got down to the two-yard line. They had to run outside. Jarwin missed his block. They yep. had to kick a field goal. Right. They couldn't run in there. So I think as balanced as you can be, I get the part, you know, Tyler Smith's a strong guy, and so you can run the ball. But I don't think it's one way or the other. I think it's got to be move the sticks however you can do it, and as balanced as you can be would be better. And true, but at the same time, when you're preparing for Tom Brady, I mean, you got to try to prepare for, like, the strongest thing that they have, which would be the passing game. I mean, we talked sure. about it. They're not necessarily yeah. a, a run offense. Run first, so, yeah. So – that's the thing, like, I get your point, but at the same time, imagine they're preparing to stop the run or whatever, and then you get into the game, and then Tom Brady is just having a feast in the time of his life in this first to open the the season. So you got to, more than being balanced, I mean, to me personally, I would be, I don't want to say this, yes, you need balance, but I would be trying to focus more on preparing against the passing game. Yeah, I, you know, to me, there's, Tom Brady might force you to play that way. <laughs> if all of a sudden they go no huddle and you can't get defensive personnel on the field and now they're moving the ball like they did against Philadelphia and they're up 14 to nothing. And then all of a sudden it's your patience with the running game becomes zero because you have to fight your way back in, probably throwing the football. I, I, I really do think this is what's going to tell a lot about Kellen Moore to me when we're watching this game. I think he has to be willing to run the ball when he needs to throw and throw the ball when he needs to run. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, he has to keep Todd Bowles off balance a little bit. And maybe running the ball is a little bit more about Dak Prescott running the ball a little bit on the on the read option stuff. Maybe, you know, that's something you're probably not really super prepared for thinking. Well, you watch a lot of tape of Dak, you know, the last couple of years, it hasn't been Dak running the ball. Maybe it's time to kind of dust off that old mm-hmm. – Dak Prescott running for five, six, seven yards and then getting out of bounds or getting down or whatever he has to do. But I think that if I'm sitting in my press box seat there and Kellen Moore comes out and it's a it's a second and eight and and all of a sudden he's gonna run the ball and try and get, you know, five, six yards out of it and then make it a more down manageable down and distance where you can run or pass. I I am all for that because I think he's gonna have to play this game kind of a little bit off schedule. Uh, and I mean that in a way because you're right, Ambar, about Tom Brady. You just don't know what he's going to do to your defense. But Mike McCarthy told us he's pretty confident he's finally got a defense that can, you know, that you can lean on a little bit. Yeah, I will say this. I, I love the power of this offensive line. I think they've got some strength. Um, and so I do think running the ball could be uh, something for them. And that's not just this game. I'm thinking this season, I think running the ball may be a strength for them. But let's also be very clear. This game, if you des- if they decide to go the route of running the ball and having a run-heavy offense, good luck with that. You're playing a team that last year was the third-best rush defense in the league. This is not an easy team to run against. So if they take that route, they're taking that route knowing we're running into the teeth of what they do, yeah. and we're just going to say we're going to impose it's, our will on them. You know what I just realized? I'm so messed up in my brain right now, so congested. I'm like <laughs> – Running the ball. We're talking about Cowboys offense. We're talking about Tyler Smith, and then I kind of mixed it and matched. 
I switched them around. Well, I, I, to I, the I, bugs. The I bugs. started it. Does, I do that too. No, I, do that too. I, I started I do that too. it because what I was saying is before you figure out what you yeah. want to do offensively, let's figure out what you're trying to do yeah. defensively, yeah. and that it, you know that will play into that. And so if well, you are if you are trying, did you guys call me out? I'm like, well, no. You know the funny the funny part is I as I'm doing the rundown every day. Inevitably, when I'm talking about our offense versus their defense or whatever, sometimes I will get halfway through it and realize I'm doing the wrong one. Like <laughs> that's just you, yeah, because in your mind you start thinking about something and then you flip to the other yeah, side of the ball yeah. and you're you're all, you all know, the way out of out of left field. And this kind of goes to a bigger picture thing, but that's why I think there are some advantages of having a head coach that that does that is not a coordinator of either one. I agree because that he he that's what he's supposed to do is yeah. manage the game and he can't just be thinking one way. Like if he was a defensive coach, it's like we're gonna attack. We're going to attack. We're going to attack. When in reality, well, you need to, you know, you need to be balanced here. So I think McCarthy's going to have have a plan, and I think they play off of each other. So that that's kind of why I did that. I think that you have to, you can't just f- have an offensive game plan and just forget what's happening on the other side. You could have success running the ball against these guys if you block their inside linebackers. Mm. If you don't let Levante David and running and, where running inside, running outside, running outside. Okay, yeah, because yeah, inside they got a lot of beef yeah, in there. They're, they're hard, but what yeah. what's happened is those guys do a great job of filling. So what you have to do is if you can. Those those big guys inside don't move as well. Yep. They move well going forward, but when you go when you start to talk laterally, it's a little bit of a problem. What makes them so tough is the down linemen stay square and the backers run, and that's why they're able to play both ways. The defense. If you assured me that you were going to get hats on both of their inside linebackers the whole game, run. Go ahead and run. How confident are you in this offensive line, particularly the interior not, part, being able to get not, to the second level? Not that's that's going to be that's going to be. The, you that's, just gave me a solution that doesn't work, Brian. No, no, I gave you. No. I, I tell you though, if, I, know, I, I told you if you could block those inside yeah. linebackers, they had some success. They had some success getting the ball out on the edge. But if you could assure me that you were going to block those guys the majority of this game, I think you could run the ball. Yeah. But it, but there's the side of me that's thinking, well, okay, McGovern getting up second level, you know, maybe Biotis second level, Martin yes second level, yeah. you know, maybe and and I'll tell you what, I think Steele is a better run blocker than mm-hmm. he is a pass blocker, mm-hmm. and so if you're telling me that it's they could scoop the backside, scoop meaning everybody go to the right, and 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 then they get the center up on the linebacker. Those linebackers are going to fly. Martin will get up there. You got to get if you could get uh, you know Steel to like take care of his guy. Just maybe turn him a little bit, and then get the tight end to push as well. That's how you capture the edge and run the football because you're cutting those linebackers. Because if they don't block those linebackers, seriously, fifty-four and forty-five will make every single tackle. I'm not worried about Vita Vea and uh, Hakeem Nix and those guys inside. I'm worried about Winfield at safety, and I'm worried about the two linebackers. That's what I'm worried about. I I was going to say, since we're talking about the 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 running game and all that, running, um, and we talked about Dak Prescott this week earlier on and thinking that he's ready, you know, mentally, physically, his footwork, his arm, he's ready to go. And one of his – Things that he does best when he does it is being able to run with the ball. But given the fact, and this is kind of goes both ways, because on one hand, because of what you got on the O line and the uncertainty, you might he might be forced to kind of run sometimes and yeah. run for his life. But at yeah. the same time, given what you got on the in the O line, that you don't know exactly how that's going to turn out. I mean, are you trying to kind of limit Dak? 
in his running game? No. To protect him? I'm, 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 the last two years I felt like I protected Dak. And it's, it's come a time where you, you don't have a right tackle anymore. He's gone. You don't have a wide receiver. I'm, I'm okay with putting the game in Dak's hands, whether it's throwing the ball. When he, I think Dak is smart enough to know when he can run and be effective. Or, you know, last year, too many times, sack a yard behind the line of scrimmage, sack at the line of scrimmage. That to me was indecision. That was like, I don't really want to run. I can't. Oh, I'm trapped. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. I'm all for now Dak taking off and, and doing what he has to do. I think, I think. A lot of this offense is going to have to. Those plays are back-breaking plays for defenses when Dak takes off and it's a third and seven and he gets 12 yards. That's a back-breaking play as the drive continues. And I think Dak plays better that way. I think when Dak feels a little bit of mud and blood on his uniform, he, he it, it, it makes him a little bit of a different player. So I, I'm... I'm to the point now where let him go. I'm not. I'm not holding him back. I think that the holding back part of it, and you know, it's 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 you, you got to go out and find ways to win games. And if him running the football and being physical in those games helps you win, then let's go try and do that. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take our first break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about Tampa's defense, particularly some of their strengths and weaknesses. Amber and uh, Nick are gonna also give us some observations they have about these matchups. We'll talk about that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Little sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Essler lenses will let you see every exciting play, whether in the stands or at home watching the game. Book an appointment at your local Essler experts. Find the perfect lens for you. See more, do more, Essler. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. Let's talk Tampa defense versus Cowboys offense. Let's start where we always start. Brian, give us your assessment of what this defense does best. What is the thing that the Cowboys have to be most concerned about facing this defense? We talked about the running, the way they're able to choke the run, and that, to me, I think is their their best strength. And I said it earlier because of the linebackers. I think the linebackers are the are the, really the key of this. We, they say, oh, Vita Vea and all that inside. Yeah, he's a problem. Don't get me wrong about that. But where Tampa hurts you is with these linebackers. They never come off the field. They can cover. They can run. They they make every tackle. So if you if you do not block them with any consistency, I mean, they're going to make plays. Don't. Don't feel like they're not. But you have to find a way to at least chip them, bump them, do something to get them. Don't just let them run. And because they, they can they can get to the outside, they can blitz, uh, they, they cause problems in the pocket. So yeah, it's it it's that's the thing I worry about the most with the Tampa's defense. I feel like that they've got a really a lot of really good players, but those are the, the two best players are those inside linebackers. You talked about earlier the uh, the if the Cowboys had the ability to be able to stop them, yeah. they could possibly run to the outside. Obviously, we already understand that. Besides mm-hmm. that, what other area could, are they most vulnerable? Where is an area where you can attack this defense and actually have some success? Colton, Colton Davis, uh, the the cornerback. Uh, when you when you start to talk about the two. Target. Oh, Waldo. Yeah. Waldo. Waldo. <laughs> Waldo. always says, who's the guy? Yeah, that who's your Waldo? Well, and, and it, you always – I mean, when I was working with you guys before, we'd always have these discussions, and then it would like we would never do it. You know, we would never. Yeah. And, I, and then, it, then my motto on the radio became – Run the ball outside. Run it, and then all of a sudden, it's like in there during a game. I'm like, they haven't run it outside. They haven't. And next thing you know, it's seven carries for 71 yards. It's like, why am I sitting there seeing that you can run the ball outside because of how you attack? But to me, with you look at these cornerbacks, Jamal Dean, I think is a. I think Jamal Dean's a good player. I think he's a physical player. I think he's really good as a press corner. Uh, he's physical with his hands, the leverage part of it. All that's really, really good with him. Carlton Davids on the on on the other side though, I don't think he's got really good speed, and so now I'm going to match up somebody that can get by him. I'm going to match up a try and find a way to get somebody where all of a sudden he's playing in coverage and it takes a vertical because he's so scared of speed. I think you could almost double move him too because he's like worried like oh I'm going to drive and now and once you get past him then you have an opportunity to make plays down the field. So if I'm going to attack somebody, Carlton Davis is the guy I'm going to attack, and I'm going to try my best to block those linebackers, which I think is the strength of their team. Yeah, I mean, I think that I hear you say nine. Is yeah. that what you're saying? Turpin. Yeah, is yeah. he nine? I know that yeah, that was one of the no, numbers he that he was considering. He but he's not really wearing it. He's wearing it. Perfect. Didn't ask for it. He says. I know. Uh, they just gave it to him. Yeah. So I like the fact that Christie. He said he really didn't. Wasn't a big Tony Romo fan. 
And then Christy Scales asked him a question like, uh, you know Tony Romo, the quarterback? That, and so he went back to, oh, no, I'm a huge Romo fan. <laughs> he, I give the kid – I forgot. I, yeah. give, I give kid credit for like realizing, what did I just say about a, a guy that played quarterback Correct. here for yeah, a long absolutely. time? He yeah. corrected himself, and so that was a, that was yeah. a good thing for him. I, I think that he will have to be – I think he should be a part of the offensive game plan as far as the running wide and, and, and the fakes. And even, even you got to give him the ball, but also I think the fakes, especially if he can have some success doing that, that might open up a little bit to the middle. Um, and I, and I think we've talked about it before, you know, Noah Brown is, is could be an asset on the outside with his ability to block. So yeah. if you're going to run Pollard out there, you're going to run Zeke out there and definitely Turpin. Having him on the edge, I think, is going to be important. But, but yeah, I, I'm definitely going to establish Turpin in this game. I think that Turpin, Zeke, and then even Tony Pollard are three elements that can be definitely used to help in the passing game as well. But what I'm curious about, and I want to ask you, Brian, is right now the way I see it is, quote-unquote, like security blanket type of player would be Dalton Schultz. And then you got your main guy who's going to be C.D. Lamb. So if the Bucs defense was to take out one of those, I mean, as I'm saying it, it sounds dumb because you're like, okay, take out Dalton Schultz, you still got C.D. Lamb. But basically who would be someone that if they eliminate him would completely just kind of throw Dak's game off as far as the passing game? I kind of feel like, though, if they they took – if they took Schultz away from him, because I feel like that would really that would hurt Dak with that eight to ten yard throw. That you know, because I think with when I talk about the the Bucks linebackers, I could see a scenario where it's get them to move and then try and work something back the other way. Whether that's Dalton Schultz, Ferguson, you know, somebody maybe even like you were talking about with Turpin, line him up on one side and run him across while flows going away. I'm trying to get these Tampa linebackers to flow and then get somebody out the back door and make it a little bit an easier throw for Dak to have to make. So I think if they if they took away the tight ends in this game, I think that takes away an easier throw for him. Where on the outside, though, unless Lamb's matched up against Davis, you know, then I think that if Lamb's against Davis, I think Lamb can have some success against Dean on the other side. That's going to be a little bit more of a dicey throw, to, in my opinion, watching them play. Let's extend that question a little bit. Uh, one of the things I thought about, I was looking at the, the Tampa website, and based on their depth chart, looks like they run a base 3-4 defense, uh, three down linemen, four linebackers. That being said, is it more advantageous for the Cowboys to run 11 personnel and try to get them out of that base 3-4 uh, and, and make them have to play nickel? Or do you prefer to have them with a four, with four down linemen? Uh, I'm sorry, in their base three four. Which do you prefer, three four, having them in three four, or having them in their nickel? Which one's a better advantage for the Cowboys? I think to me, if if you if you if you get them, if you keep them in their base third three four, you can always identify who potentially the fifth rusher is going to be. So to me, I want them to play as much base as possible. So I can identify, maybe I get a pattern from Bowles that, okay, they're always bringing this guy as the rusher. They, now they identify he's going to be that, – that's the thing that always makes three, four fronts hard to deal with. The quarterback has to identify who the fifth rusher is. And some teams are really good at, at not telling you who that guy is. 
But I think with the Bucks, they're in a situation where now it's a little bit more like, okay, that that's the guy that they use primarily as the rusher. There you go. That's him. You can set your protection off that. Dak knows that. Dak can make those throws and stuff. So I want to keep them in their base as long as I can. But I, I will say this, though, because Sean, Bunning, uh, Sean Murphy Bunning, who is their nickelback, I, I think there's some things that you can do with him. I think he's a good player. But I don't. I think I, I mentioned I mentioned uh, Davis more because I felt like that he he's so speed deficient. Then that I thought, well, maybe you could attack a guy that can't really run and keep up. So that's why I would go him over Murphy Bunting as far as maybe taking the nickel. And I'm I'm gonna call out the fans, the ones that don't necessarily take that next level of what you're trying. You know, they just see from the the, the base and the peripheral, and they're like. Another one-yard run by Zeke. You know, there's coaches' staff is stupid. They should be playing Pollard more. It's exactly what Brian just said about this 3-4 base defense, identifying the fifth rusher. Well, the fifth rusher, is he coming here? Is he coming here? And when that happens, who do you want to be sitting next to Dak? Do you want it to be Pollard? Do you want it to be Zeke? So it's there's more to it than just running the football. And I get it. Like, Pollard is more explosive. I think on third and one, third and two, you can make a case for the bigger back. You can also make a case for the quicker back, like hit that hole quicker. I think they both got to do it, but just it's just like the two kickers they had. It's not just who's making it through the field goal. It's who's actually doing the kickoffs. There's another element to this game, and I think Zeke's pass protection is one of the reasons why he stays on the field as much as he does. It's absolutely right why you do yeah. that. Yeah, because his 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 you know, and Pollard's not a tiny guy. You know, Pollard's yeah. not a tiny guy, but he's. But you know his pass protection is not as stout as what you get with Zeke. Zeke's ability to to, to sit down and, and to strike is is better than what Tony Pollard's is right now. We'll stay extend that question a little bit. Um, obviously, we know they're going to do a little bit of everything, so this is not a question of all or none. But that being said, going into this game, based on what you've seen so far, where do you feel more comfortable than being in twelve personnel with Ferguson on the field? Or them having being an eleven personnel and having whoever that third receiver is that they decide to rotate in in that moment. How, which one do you feel more comfortable with right now? That one, the second one, because it's because because it's more versatile too. It, it's like it's Pollard or it's Turpin or it's yeah. uh, I don't know who that third receiver really is going to be. Simi might get some Simi, looks. I don't know Simi, who, what they're. Maybe. I mean, Simi. I mean, I think Tolbert. I, Tolbert someone's yeah. going to be inactive. Yeah, Houston. I think. I think so you're. Who in, do we got at receiver? CD and we know CD and Noah's going to be out Noah. there. Yeah. I mean, beyond that, it's I think it's going to be a rotation with the yeah. the other guys. I, I, they might go they, they might go yeah. a little long at receiver. I, my gut feeling would probably be Houston would be out. That inactive. would be my gut feeling. He's going to be the inactive the inactive guy. Yeah, really? that would be my gut. Yeah, you know, just for just for the just the time being until they kind of can figure things out. I think the tight ends. To your point, the I think you're going to see twelve personnel stuff early. Just for the fact that they could put guys over either next to the right tackle or the mm-hmm. left tackle, and they could put a tight end, they could put a wing over there, or they could motion across. Very similar game plan to what they did to try and help steal against the Chargers in Week Two. It's not going to be steal block, steal block, steal block, steal. It's going to be steal, chip, steal, cut, steal. Guy over there, make him make these guys have to play a little bit wide and try and help him with their. Now that might mess up a, a rookie blocker though too. Sometimes backs and tight ends get in the way when you're trying to block. They're trying to play on your hip. They haven't. There's not maybe a lot of 
cohesion between the two because they haven't – you guys like Tyron Smith or other tackles, veteran tackles, they know where Zeke's going to sit. They know where, where uh, Schultz is going to sit. You know, they know these – so that's going to be a thing. I hope that these tight ends and backs don't get in the way of – of these tackles having to get these blocks. That's the thing you worry about early in the season. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. we got more topics. Topics around the Cowboys versus Bucks last year and some of the things we saw that could translate into this year or areas where they won't, and we have to figure out how it's going to actually play out. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. This week! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Little Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper is on its way. So sweet! Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. Everyone's done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Brace yourself for an existential question. Has your butt been having enough fun lately? Have you been treating it well? Has it been going places? If not, then it's about time you start using SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best way to get your butt tickets to live events. Just ask the thousands of other butts who have rated it the number one ticketing app. So what are you waiting for? Download the app now or visit SeatGeek.com to get tickets to sports, concerts, and live events and make your butt happy. SeatGeek, get your seat in a seat. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller Time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to the break. Nominate yourself for a friend to be the Cowboys Fan of the Year, presented by Captain Morgan. Win a trip to Super Bowl 57 in Arizona. You can nominate yourself at DallasCowboys.com slash fan of the year. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're presented by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Dallas Cowboys. We're getting you guys through uh, preparation Cowboys offense versus the Tampa Bay defense. Um, let's talk about some of the things that happened last year and maybe how they can uh, maybe show up or not in this year's game. Let's start first with Vita Vea. You mentioned him, Brian. He was he caused some problems for them last year. Um, how much, throughout what you've seen in training camp, how much do you think 
Tyler Biotish has grown since then and and now may be in a better position or maybe not in a better position yeah. to be able to deal with that much power coming from a guy like Vita Vea. Kind of wish that – I actually thought Farniak played better than Biotish myself, mm. all the reps he got. I think that, to me, when you talk about the ability to run the football and we were talking about getting blockers up on the second level and stuff like that, I, I was super impressed with, uh, with Farniak there. If you said best five, maybe playing McGovern at center and playing Tyler Smith at left guard, and you know, if Tyron Smith could, have, I mean, that might have been your best five. Um, I, I, I have comments. I, I think the thing that that the club worried about the most with Biotish was initially his recognition of fronts and how. I mean, you just don't, you know, you don't lose Travis Frederick. I think this team could, if Travis Frederick was still here, I think they could survive all this turmoil Mm -hmm. they're going through right now with the offensive line. But you just don't replace a guy that's an athlete, a good power player, and super smart. You know, you just don't do that. And it's been a struggle for that at that center spot. And to me, I, I I like I like Biotish, but I I also felt like that if I could get better. Absolutely, switch that out right now. They don't. They don't see it that way. They don't see it that way. They do not. And so and they haven't in a year and a half. They yeah, haven't really but, evaluated that. I mean, they they just don't seem to have the panic button at the yeah. at the center position. Yeah, and that's. But I could say that you just don't replace Travis Frederick. You just and I know it's been a, it's been some years now since he's moved on, but I think that's an area where I mean. I even looked at it last year at the draft on the draft show with you guys was with you know with with Linderbaum the center from Iowa you know and they're like ah, well he's a little small and this that and then you know the the Cowboys pick Tyler Smith and the next pick Linderbaum goes to the Ravens and you go oh okay well maybe they like him a little bit more than you know so I just feel he got like hurt the, didn't he yeah, yeah the, the the center spot though is center spot something that to me that. The center, the right tackle, those are the, my concerns right now. But when you ask the question, yeah, Vita Vea is not going to be easy for him or McGovern or those guys to have to handle during this game. Hopefully he gets wore out that you can run enough plays that you yeah. kind of wear him down a little bit. Nick, you said that you don't think they're pushing the panic button. Do you think they should? Yeah, I mean, I, I just I think it's a position that, that I, mean, I mean, I mean, at this it's point, it's like it's like the question Derek asked. You're giving me a solution, but you're, you're, right, yeah, well, right. And then and then you think of the bigger issues that there are. Like I, I'm sure, I mean, yes, they look at every single position and try to get better at it every time. You know, yeah. what Stephen Jones says, what is it, 365 mm-hmm. days? So, um, Except the, when we're on the boat. <laughs> no comment. Anyways. Um, my point is, it's just like when you look at the other issues that you have, how much resources or attention are you even paying yeah. attention to the center position? You know, if, if you remember the, the press conference at the draft, I mean, I asked the question about center and it became <laughs> everybody was kind of talking about it. Will McClay, I think, got kind of defensive about it, basically saying who's the best center. I think what he was saying is we didn't really like Linderbaum. Right. Yeah. And so he was Y'all are saying that's the yeah. next center to make it clear. He, I, I don't yeah. think that I don't they felt, think felt they the felt like there was one center in the draft that was not only better than than um, than uh, Biotish, but Farniak. Yeah. I don't think that they thought that, that they needed to do it. Now, they did sign a couple in, in – uh, Undrafted free agents. Yeah. One of them still here for practice squad. Lindstrom, I believe. Lindstrom, yeah. He, but, he, and not bad at Boston College. Not yeah. a bad player at all. Matter of fact, 
had good grades on him uh, coming out. I didn't think he was better than the Iowa center, but they, you know, they probably thought that the Iowa center was undersized. Yeah. You know, short arm guy, but you watch him play, he's cutting defenses in half and, you know, he's getting the second level. I, I was thinking if he was here starting, you'd like, okay, here's the matchup you need to watch. Center versus Bucks linebackers. Mm-hmm. Did, here we go. Did anyone sign Treader? JC? Treder? I think uh, no. he's still on the street, yeah. No, but I had my gang of seven guys were telling me that he's done. Like, done, done. Okay. Because mm-hmm. he doesn't even practice anymore. Okay. And then well, of course also, not. He can't. He, yeah. he doesn't believe in it, right? Well, He's the one that he was NFL PA. <laughs> yeah, yeah, He's he, the one that's like, we don't practice. He doesn't believe you in it. You know, another funny, funny <laughs> thing funny. is, like, do you want the president of the Players Association in your locker room? Uh, that's another That's thing. always been something I kind of wondered if teams are kind of like, yeah. When you become the president of the Players Association, you're like, do we really want You don't want, you don't want him to take over now. Yeah, you don't. <laughs> I know. Like, you're yeah. looking around the rest of the. Players are like I'm, I don't want that job. There's there's a there's a player is is a big yeah. part of that. That well, he's president. Players, yeah, I always thought that was tough. He's yeah. the president that's of the, a all one. the players, and there's people that say, "Do you really want the guy that's in there?" Like, we need this. We need this. <laughs> we need this. And then it's like management's going, "Wait a minute, I, get rid of this guy." You know, I've said it before. I thought that guy. I thought it was completely short sighted. And the, the whole practice thing. Yeah, I think. I think. And, and a lot of times, what happens is, is guys that are the representatives of their team are veterans. They're veteran guys, established, not worried about their job. But go, go, go! Look at the 2020 draft class and look at those players that didn't get any preseason games. And 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 tell me if it's important to play in preseason or off season. There are guys fighting for their lives that are trying to do that and trying to to get jobs. And, you know, I, just because you're a veteran established, those are the guys that make decisions on how often we play in preseason and things like that. And I just think I don't know if they always look at it from the entire group. But I will say this. I do think the way Mike McCarthy and the Cowboys handled this preseason yeah. to me was exactly how you should. That should be a blueprint for the rest of the league from the standpoint that you use yeah. the practices, especially joint practices, to get your veterans work. Game time? Let those rookies have a ton. Those young players got a ton of reps this this preseason. I mean, they're coming into this season probably more prepared than any group of rookies or young players that I've seen in a long time just from the number of reps they got during the preseason. You know, um, Going back to the center thing real quick, <laughs> sorry. But, but yes, I agree with you, Derek. Sorry. Switching off subject again. Center. Nick, you know how you're always saying, like, oh, Ask Dak, or why don't they? I'm sure Dak has a voice and opinion mm-hmm. and all that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, I know he's not going to come out and say that about Tyler in public or whatever. But where do you think he currently stands? Like, does, does yeah. do you think he actually sees him? Like, you know what, guys, y'all need to kind of help me out here with mm-hmm. someone that's better. Yeah, I do. Um, I do think Dak has a voice, and I think that Dak obviously likes Biotish. Um, and I'm looking at the uh, Browns death chart when I say that. I think Dak has a a voice in who's here and who's not here. I really believe that. And so, um, so, so the fact that he still is the guy, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think. Well, so. the, the, again, there was improvement made throughout the years, from what I understood. Like it back. was not initially; it wasn't. There were some struggles there, and then he got better, is what they're saying. But, yeah, I think Dak fully understands what's ahead of him with this offensive line right now. He knew it in week two last year when Terrence Steele started, and Joey Bosa standing there rushing the passer. He knew that. He knows what's going on at left tackle. He has to help these guys. Yeah, And, I mean, help in a way of, I can't hold this ball. 
I've got to, until they get comfortable and like you were talking about, get in a rhythm Mm -hmm. of run blocking and pass blocking, you get a rhythm going and all of a sudden then it's like, okay, let's try some things now. But Tom Brady's going to do the same damn thing because he's got two basically rookie guys starting inside for him. He's not, and he knows that if people who attack me attack through the middle, and so I can't hold the ball. So you got two quarterbacks that are fully understanding. They're being supportive in the media, but deep down inside they're like, I can't hold this damn ball or we're going to be in trouble. Yep. Real quick before we end the show, I did have another defensive lineman I wanted to throw out, Akeem Hicks coming from Chicago. Yeah. That's a guy when he's healthy, man. He is a problem. And putting him on that offense, I mean, on that defensive line uh, with Vita Vea, my question is, how do you expect them to deploy them? I don't know, Brian, if you've seen any any tape of how they're, yeah. they maybe use him in the preseason, but is he a guy that flops around? Is he a guy that, that you can expect he's always going to be on McGovern's side or always going to be they're gonna on? Move, they're going to move him around okay. is what they're going to do. They, 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 the, the thing about it is they'll, they'll put – They'll put Vita Vea on who they think the weakest player is, whether it's the center no, or the guard. About that. Yeah, 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 that's that's where I think. And then and then with with Akeem Hicks, I mean, I think that they'll move him. He's more of a one technique. It's a mm-hmm. three hundred twenty four pound guy, right? The big there. dude. What's yeah. the weather looking like? I just looked that up because I mean, and, and, and it, I think it matters Why? in this game because you think open it? because I think the I think NBC always wants that thing to be open, and Jerry usually. Uh, obliges to that. I think Tampa practiced outside more than you did this year. Yeah, I, in I Tampa, that's a smart thing. For the <laughs> I don't think it's. I don't think it's it a might smart hurt your own either. team. <laughs> I don't think it's a smart thing either. But I, I, it happens. It, yeah, it, I, it happens because, because help me understand this. Like, how? Well, the NBC probably get NBC gives out probably a hundred billion dollars to do these games. Yeah. Okay, so when, yes, they, but, when they ask, hey, we would love to have an aerial shot of your open stadium. Yeah. It happens, and I don't. I don't think it should, but I'm just saying it, it okay. does. But you're right. You got to look at the team and be like, wait a second. If, if that we, kickoff is going to be 86 balmy degrees. I don't think that's a great idea. I think. I think. Tam- I, I think Tampa has an advantage there. Yeah, for you. I think so too. But if we were playing the Vikings, <laughs> right, or, or the Packers. Open that bad Giants. Open that bad boy up. Yeah, yeah. And maybe go. maybe well, that's Tampa, what... Tampa practices every day in heat. They do. I talked to, idea I talked to, to Brianna kinda, Dix, yeah. who covers the Buccaneers, and I, she's literally got sweat pouring off her face <laughs> as she's trying to do these stand-ups. So, but it's kind of like us in Arizona that time where you had us Jeez. do that stand-up. I right? had you do yeah, it. Oh, that it was, was Nick's idea. Sure. 116 degrees yeah. that Nick had us do that stand-up yeah. there. at that. Front I don't know what he's thinking about. I don't, I don't know either. I'm trying to think, okay. has it ever been Only been that 10 bad? years. Like, bad at AT&T? Say again? Has it ever? I'm trying to remember. Has there ever been a game that it's bad? You know, honestly, Nick, you say that, but I don't remember a time when the Cowboys this kind of like they're in this time of the year where in Texas it's still pretty warm where they've had even for a night game they open the season here regularly yeah. enough Since I don't nine. remember a time when they've done that this early maybe they have I just don't remember it they, they that game against Philadelphia in what 2000 oh, that was Texas played at Texas Stadium, Stadium. Oh, it was Texas like 148 yeah. on the turf I mean we got crushed yeah, but they didn't have a choice in that no, game. Like, no, there's no closing all, that no. Texas Stadium. Man, that was bad. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's also it's like that week three Monday night game. Yeah. You know, ESPN will ask for that. But um, I'm just I'm just saying, don't rule it out. Yeah. Just like, no, I'm oh, with well, you. I'm with you. I get it. You say they're going to open this route this week? I, I, I don't know that. I'm just saying. I it's know that like they are. have. And the, I don't know that. I don't think we we ever. Honestly, <laughs> I, I, I've known know you a long time. You can't always take it at face value what Nick says. You got to read into it a little bit. Nick's been talking to. 
they practice. <laughs> they practice in Oxnard, California, yeah. and we were all out there in hoodies, in the sun, in hoodies. It, yeah, and these guys were. I mean, I was just standing to the side and just watching. I was dying, like dripping in sweat. In and Oxnard, these, yes, that wasn't you, bad. It wasn't bad. It was like still, still get beat down by the sun. It's like eighty. Well, but, yeah, serious? but it wasn't too bad. The last week, it was pretty bad. <laughs> Yes, because I had sweat. 74? Because <laughs> you had sweat. Yes. I'm like, oh, my God, this is miserable. And I kept thinking, I'm like, I, how do these guys yeah. do this? Because I'm just standing here. There's a lot going worse here. Going. Well, let's also be clear. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. It, it also, let's also be clear. The last couple of weeks since they've gotten back from Oxnard, yeah. they've had quite a few practices where they're outside. The they're big, acclimating to that a little bit. So I don't know. We'll see. There, yeah, we'll cool. see how it goes. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to wrap this thing up tomorrow, get you guys ready for the game, give you some predictions what we think is going to happen this Sunday night. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!